Have you dreamed about opening a boutique since childhood? Maybe you have a store, but now you're ready to expand. Well, guess what? You're in exactly the place where you're meant to be. Welcome to the Boost Your Boutique Podcast, hosted by Emily Benson, retail boutique consultant, best-selling author, and a motivational speaker. In this podcast, you'll learn how to manage your boutique better, have balance in your life, and learn from experts who care. So whether you've been in the business for decades or you're just getting started, it's important to get help from someone who's been there and someone who's going to coach you along the way. So head over to BoostYourBoutique.com to learn more today. And now, here's Emily. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Boost Your Boutique podcast. I'm Emily Benson, your host and best friend on this journey through boutique land. Today, I am so excited and honored because I have one of my students on, one of my clients who has been with me for a little while. And I'm excited for you to hear parts of her story because especially in this time, I feel like she has done some really interesting things to get her name out there, to get some press. And honestly, she's not your typical fashion boutique that we usually hang out with. She has a gift shop and she's in Canada. So for all my Canadians who are listening, you're going to be so excited. And you know what? I think that a lot of what she's going to talk about and what I admire so much about her is that she's very organized. She's someone that has been in business for nine years as of the publishing of this podcast, and she's had hard times. She's been through tough stuff, but what you'll learn from her is that she never lets it get her down. She always figures out a way to work through it. And through her own ingenuity, her own figuring things out, her own just really system structures and organization and mindset work, she's been able to overcome so much. So I'm so excited to introduce you to Andrea. She is part of my High Vibe Boutique Mastermind this year in 2020. You may have met her if you came to the Retail Retreat back in September of 2019 out in Chicago. Andrea is really just has come so far and I love seeing her grow. Even though she's been in business for so long, she is complete living proof that you can keep going and that boutiques can last through anything with the right mindset, the right strategy, and some great ideas. So anyway, let's jump into this interview. I can't wait for you to hear what she has to say. So welcome, Andrea, to the Booster Booster Podcast. <laughs> I'm so excited that you're here, and I'm so excited to share your story with everyone because I think it's going to inspire a lot of the listeners who might not have a traditional fashion boutique. So I would love for you to just introduce yourself and your store. Yeah, absolutely. So Inkwell is a modern handmade boutique and letterpress studio in downtown Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. I opened the boutique in May of 2011 to provide a creative venue for modern handmade art and incredible gifts from a diverse array of makers, including my own product line called Inkwell Originals. So it really grew out of you having this love for 
letterpress and handmade items. So did you start the store just with your own product or did you start selling some other way? Like where do we start seeing you selling products? Yeah. So we actually showcase over 200 independent artists from around the corner and across the world. And they all create handmade products. We carry things like art prints, greeting cards, homewares, ceramics, textiles, jewelry, apothecary, and other great gift ideas, all with a focus on color and illustration. I went to art school and my background is in graphic design. I graduated around the time blogs were really taking off and I fell into a curated collection of visual inspiration containing modern handmade, which spun into a combined obsession to learn letterpress printing to create my own handmade items, as well as daydreaming about owning a handmade store one day where I could sell my creations alongside other handmade works that I adored. Okay, so you both went to art school. Yeah. Love it. What was your major? I, my backgrounds are in graphic design and photography. Okay, so did you learn letterpress at school? Or was this? Uh, it was offered at school after I left. So I okay. actually went back for a summer course to learn it. Oh my gosh, I love that. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so graphic design makes so much sense because mm-hmm. your best selling items in your store are your mm-hmm. art prints mm-hmm. and your greeting cards. <laughs> it makes so much sense because you have such a good eye, I feel like, for yes. that piece of it. But how many square feet do you have at, which you guys, if you go Google Inkwell, she has the most beautiful storefront. Her interior is gorgeous. It's hundred percent a store that when you're, I know for me, whenever I travel, I'm always looking for that like cute store. So when you started the store, was it as big as it was now? Or did you start a lot smaller? Well, I've had two locations. Okay. And the first location was a very similar size to what it is now. The studio part was in the store at that point. The latest version of the store, we have one letterpress on display and then an offsite studio where we make most of the work. Got it. So, what is the mix for you guys of? the product you make, because you also do custom stuff, which Mm -hmm. is like a whole other business. But Mm -hmm. in terms of like the product that you make that goes into the store versus what you're buying from other makers, Mm -hmm. what does that mix look like? Because I can imagine, it just sounds like to me, you're spending so much time probably making other stuff and you're running the store on top of like, it's a lot. You're always, I feel like you're always super busy. Yeah. So we have thousands of SKUs at any one time and I'd say almost a hundred of them would be Inkwell Originals. Wow. And mostly greeting cards? Our line is greeting cards, art prints and coasters at the moment. Right. Uh, we, We chose Originals to not be too specific so that we could branch out into other things. And yeah, our line is the highest performer most months too, which is pretty cool. I I mean, it shows that you know what your customer really wants. Mm -hmm. I love that. And how do you find the other people to work with? Like, are you using Etsy? I mean, most people are also from Halifax, right? A large percentage are Halifax or Canadian. I find our artists a plethora of ways. Sometimes we do consignment calls where people from all over will apply. Like we have artists in Australia and stuff who have applied through that way and in Europe. But blogs are still a good resource where artists are featured. Etsy and when Etsy Wholesale was around, I loved Etsy Wholesale. So now that's been replaced by FAIR. So I really love searching fair. 
Okay. I love that. So in terms of, I mean, you opened the store obviously because you love handmade goods. You're a handmade maker. Did it make you nervous to like take your art and make it into something commercial? Like, I feel like as just artist to artist, you know, I feel like there is this sort of art school, like snobbery around making what you do so commercial, but I mean, it's been super successful for you. So it works, Mm -hmm. but was there hesitation in, in kind of doing that? I think if I had opened a few years earlier, there would have been, but there was a real change in both my thinking. And even I feel there was a local craft fair that had started up since I had graduated. So there were a lot of art school students or graduates who were either organizers of that event or artists who were, would showcase their work in it. So I was finding work that way as well. And I just knew that that was really well received in my community through the market research that I had done. I love that. So you put together, I can imagine, because you're very well, (laughs) you're a planner. I know this about you. So you put together a whole business plan, I'm sure. I did. Yeah. So I had actually, um, back in school for one of my university classes, I put together a business plan. So I dug that up and dusted it off and modified it to make my shop dream a go. Whoa. Okay. So like you knew you were going to do this in college. Not this specifically because the the business plan that I had created in school was to open a design firm actually down in the Boston area. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. (laughs) So you just, you modified it to be more like around retail and and there's still some design pieces of what you do. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Oh my gosh. So do you feel like, I know you've done a lot of research on similar stores to you in the U S one, which is in my local neighborhood, which Mm -hmm. I love. Do you feel like being in Canada makes things different for you or like, is it still kind of the same market? Yeah. It's still very much the same market. I think, um, like we're neighbors. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Like, and there's such a trade relationship with, Uh, within North America too. So other than encountering issues with the exchange rate, I find so many similarities. Right. I mean, do you think being in Canada opens you up to working with people in Australia or in Europe or, you know, I feel like being in Canada, you are somehow just more international than maybe some people (laughs) in the U S I think in the U S we're just really insular. You know, we think like, okay, we're in the U S and then because it's such a huge, I mean, there's billions of people, right? Like, I think there's sort of this hesitation where in Canada, you guys, I feel like it's, I don't know, and I could be making this up, but do you feel like you get orders and work more with kind of that international customer? I never thought of it that way. (laughs) I'll have to keep an eye out for it now. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. What do you think has been like the biggest challenge for you in your boutique business? One that I always come back to is the construction that I encountered five years ago in my old location. The biggest construction project east of Montreal in the last 20 years took place literally right outside my door. So for several years, I think it was four years, but especially Christmas of 2015, my street would be closed without warning. And I was all by myself because all my neighbors had moved away. So I was this little guy with on this one street and they were taking up, I think it was 
two city blocks. So the periphery, all the businesses of the periphery were affected, but it was myself and one other retail store who was much longer established on the other, on another street. Uh, and then the rest were restaurants and we all battled with that for a really long time. And that was one of the reasons, but not the only reason that I ended up moving. Yeah. I mean, construction can hurt a lot. Yeah. And I feel like, especially when it's totally unknown, you have no control. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, did you have your website up and running at that point or was it? It was up, but it was, it was still pretty new and it was also very, um, sparse. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like I always say, and we've, ta- we've had these conversations, you know, having a website is like having a whole other, it's a whole other business. Yeah. yeah. You, I mean, I think everyone thinks, Oh, I have a brick and mortar. And now I'm just going to throw some stuff up mm-hmm. online, but that's like an, having another child that needs to be nurtured and, mm-hmm. and taught how to do all the things. So it's not just whip it up and no. <laughs> <I guess it's laughs> so tell me, what do you think's like the biggest thing you've learned in your boutique business And you know, what do you feel like if someone was listening, you know, you've been in business eight years, nine. That's, oh nine. my gosh. Nine on the 24th of this month. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't that off. I was like, wait a minute. So nine years, you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, someone listening, what are some tips you can give them? Maybe like two things that really keep coming up for you or stand out as being these big lessons that, you know, I wish I knew before or mm-hmm. things that have really shifted the game for you. What do you, what would you say those things are? Uh, well, two things definitely come to mind that I, learned very early on just like as I was getting the business started but I continue to go back to and one of them is that it's just always going to be problem solving you're always going to be encountering issues and you just have to figure out a workaround but also that there's going to be a lot of hard days but it's going to be your store and it's better than working for anyone else I 100% agree. (laughs) I still joke about how I don't, like, we've probably been entrepreneurs around the same amount Mm -hmm. of time, nine, 10 years, eight, nine, 10 years. And man, I could not imagine going back to someone telling me what to do. Like, oh, hell no. (laughs) So tell me where you're at now. Like, I know you implement a lot of processes and you're very good at kind of sticking to your plan each week. Like, what have been some big kind of systemic or process oriented things you've put in place that you feel like have really helped either you mindset wise or the business in some way? Mm-mm. Like I have to think about that one. Things that I've done. Yeah. I haven't learned from you. Well, it could be things you learn. I mean, what comes to mind is that you do money Monday religiously. And I just posted on Instagram about it. Cause you, remind me every Monday, I'm doing my money, I'm doing my numbers, or, oh no, I missed Money Monday. (laughs) (laughs) But Money Monday seems to work for you. It feels like you're getting really connected to your numbers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it did make a, it really created a good momentum at the start of this year, for sure. Like the mindset training that I've learned from you, 
that's most noticeable because I've seen positive thinking through tough periods that I've experienced in the last year, anything from like a slow sales week or a slow month to uh, being open-minded and pivoting during COVID-19. Just knowing that I can ride out any storm has been a huge help. I've definitely attributed mindset being the biggest change, but truly it all snowballs together with the marketing ideas that we've brainstormed together from the Facebook ads that bring in more sales and new customers to being conscious of my margins and making the best buying and selling decisions when it comes to ordering, marking down and holding sales. I've definitely gained more confidence and passion for my business in the last year. Oh my gosh. Well, and we say the last year because it was this time last year. Your blueprint last yeah. year, right? And yeah. then now you're in the mastermind yeah. and you came to the retreat in the fall. I mean, you have definitely like kind of what I would say bought into. <laughs> I joined the cult. Like you're in my tribe and boutique land, like hardcore. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think when I think about you, like I've seen really big shifts from you, you know, I think you've gone from like questioning and worrying to sort of like standing on your own and saying like, actually, like I know what I'm doing and I shouldn't be questioning it. And we were just talking before we recorded that you, you know, being such a plan oriented person this past week for Mother's Day, you came up with something on what a Saturday night, you said? Sunday morning. Sunday morning. (laughs) You took pictures you started selling it on Monday and it put you over your monthly goal at the beginning of the month. Mm-hmm. Like, that I think is huge confidence. And I think frankly, just from my own experience too, is confidence comes from mindset work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And being able to trust yourself in this business, especially when times have gotten really weird and you were saying, you don't even know when you're going to be able to open the store mm-hmm. back up. Yeah. So everything's on the web. Or you've done a lot in store and done deliveries. You want to talk yeah. a little bit about how you've you've shifted? Because who knows? We may have another COVID wave happening at some point. Oh, and I feel like I don't you want to think about that. I know. I don't either. <laughs> but like, listen, we've we've already learned so much. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think has been kind of what has been your plan during this COVID closure? Because you're a brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. Where do you think you've been able to shift that it has really worked? Like, what yeah. are what are your customers really reacting to? Well, so many regulars are buying online now. There's a whole lot of new people whose names that I don't recognize from before buying. Online sales are not quite, but fairly comparable to what I was doing in store. And so I've added, I have the curbside pickup three days a week. I do deliveries within 15 kilometers of the shop. And then we have a free shipping special at the $75 tier spend. So a lot of people get that. That's pretty great. And Mm -hmm. should we talk about the incredible press you got recently? (laughs) You and your partner, Daniel, had, you had had this poster already in store, right? Yeah, yeah. So start doing that. Like, let's just interview you about this awesome <laughs> press. You, I mean, you're kind of famous in Canada. Well, let's say Halifax for sure, but <laughs> I think Canada, like CBC. Definitely the out. province. So yeah. CBC actually, I'm originally from Newfoundland and which is a province over and apparently friends of my parents have been contacting them to say that they've saw the uh, interview aired there too, because they've been airing it 
airing Halifax news down there lately. But uh, yeah, so back in 2012, Daniel was looking through archival photos just for inspiration for what's called Nocturne Art at Night. It's a free art at night event that we've participated in every year. And we didn't know what we were doing. And he came across this archival photo. It was a blurry photo. And it had this poster in the background. The photo was from 1917, just after the Halifax explosion. And the text was quite blurry, but it says, we shall never rebuild Halifax unless everybody works. So we decided to recreate that poster for that nocturne. And so every nocturne, we usually see anywhere between 800 and 1,000 people through our doors during the six-hour period from 6 p.m. to midnight. And so the public got to print their own keepsake of this. And then the following day, we were getting calls. People wanted them. They didn't make it that night. So we were giving them out. But then they were all gone. So we were like, okay, we should probably make some more of these up. So we started making them available for purchase. And since then, it's made a couple reiterations. So we've made an even larger version that's screen printed instead of letterpress printed. And during COVID, we decided to make a modified version of that after some customer feedback. So now it says we will never re or we shall never rebuild Nova Scotia unless everybody works together. So we teamed up with a newly formed coalition of 35 uh, business organizations around the province who paid for a sponsored ad in the local paper to distribute a version of this poster. So anyone who received the flyer bundle got a free poster they could put up in their window. And then we also have it available for purchase on our website. And so people have been buying that to have a keepsake from through all this. It's incredible that something you guys created eight years ago. Mm-hmm. It still has become relevant again mm-hmm. and has, I think, probably inspired and given a lot of people in your area some hope and I some, hope so, yeah. you know, some inspiration and talk about not giving up on something, you know, mm-hmm. just saying, okay, we'll just have it in our, you know, we can print it as we need it, but we're, you know, this is an important message mm-hmm. and it's really big for us locally and look at it come back around and just like, I feel like all this new life has sort of been breathed into it. Mm-hmm. That has It's given, our own version now. Yeah. It's given you so much exposure too. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you feel like, you know, by doing this goodwill, it's, Is it turning into great sales for you? I think so, yeah. We've definitely seen an increase in the sale of that poster lately because of all the press and even an increase in online sales that I'm sure would have come through that, just people checking out our website and discovering other things, but also new followers on social media platforms. I love it. It's such a big win for someone who's so introverted to (laughs) be in such a public spotlight. (laughs) I mean, has it been hard for you to sort of put yourself out there more? It's always been, but yeah, it's getting easier as they say with the more practice. (laughs) I love that. Tell me, what do you feel like, you know, between Six Figure Blueprint, between the retreat, between 
the high vibe mastermind, you know, what has been some of the big changes you've noticed or other people have noticed just within you, even within you or, or the boutique? Mm -hmm. Well, having been through some tough times beforehand, I was definitely described as resilient, (laughs) but I, I definitely feel that more too inside. Definitely seen an increase in revenue and I think I've mentioned to you before that before we started working together, I was kind of losing the passion for the business and didn't really know what direction I wanted to go, but it's definitely been reinvigorated like (laughs) tenfold, I'd say. So yeah. Good. I'm glad to, I mean, listen, I'm glad to hear that not only because it means that what I'm teaching is working, but also just, I've been in your shoes. I've been in the spot where it's like, I'm not excited to go to the store. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not like feeling great about what I'm doing. And, you know, I think I wish I had a version of myself five or six years ago, you know? And so it's great to hear that you love your business again, because Mm -hmm. I, I do think, and, and people that are listening that have had a business for a long time, you know, over five or six years, I think, we can kind of fatigue from it and we can, Mm -hmm. especially working in it every day, every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing we've, you know, I really encourage you is like, take some time off, Mm -hmm. like have some days off. And I think you're getting better at it. I mean, I I was until COVID COVID happened. COVID kind of changed everything, but But you had been taking like a day or two or at least working at home some days Mm -hmm. and not. Yeah. I had a really great schedule. Yeah. Where I was working from home, I think two days a week, sometimes four. So, Oh, sometimes four. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh girl. I knew it was two, but that's pretty good. So, but now you're doing, you're doing all the deliveries and you're kind of making it work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you miss being in the store a little bit? Uh, Well, I'm still there, but (laughs) you mean interacting with customers? Yes. Seeing people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, let's leave people with, you know, especially our people that are listening that are either gift or handmade people or, you know, not fashion boutiques. Mm -hmm. Like what's sort of the one thing you would leave them with to just make them feel like they can do this? Because you are certainly a beautiful example of someone who is really doing it. Well, I think that business basics are really apply to all businesses. So I don't really see a difference between fashion and handmade because yeah, margins are still there. (laughs) Revenue and profits still there. Inventory turn is still there. Yeah. It is kind of the same business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But do you think that there's something else that needs, you know, I guess it is kind of the same, but I guess, I don't know. I feel like whenever I hear from people who are doing something that's not fashion, they think, oh, the things you teach don't apply to me or, oh, I'm different or I'm, you know, that won't work for me. But Mm -hmm. I guess you're saying that's silly. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh my gosh. Well, you guys, if you want to check out Andrea's shop, let's Tell them where they, the best place is probably Instagram, I think. Yeah. Because we have a killer Instagram page. We're at Inkwell Boutique on Instagram and Facebook. Inkwellboutique.ca to shop online. Inkwell Original without an S on Instagram and Facebook. And inkwelloriginals.com to shop our product line. And we do wholesale as well. 
Oh, I didn't know you did wholesale. I I mean, I knew that, but I mean, I know your business. It's so funny, but okay. So go get Andrea's cards. Go look at Andrea's greeting cards because they are awesome. (laughs) They're they're funny (laughs) and they crack me up. Well, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. episode as much as I did, head over to iTunes and rate and review the Boost Your Boutique podcast so more amazing and creative boutique owners like you can find out about it. And don't forget, head over to boostyourboutique.com to learn more.